what I feel like I'm supposed to um, speak on this morning is on the nature of seed and the nature of word and how they're the same thing. We just really don't think of word and seed, even though we might have heard it before. We pay attention to that. Yeah, we know that that word is seed. Jesus talked about it being seed and how it can fall in three different types of soil. Um, but as we expound on the on, on how seed works and we understand it from an from an eternal perspective, it'll change the way we view not only what other people say, but what we say. Um, and rather than changing what we say, which is a big wave right now across America and probably across the world, world where we're, we're attempting to tame our tongue. Um, but the Bible says you can't tame the tongue. So in attempting to tame the tongue, we're actually just trying to do something else again that's going to still keep us without fruit. Um, not that, not that, that decreeing or declaring is bad in any way, shape, or form. The Word of God says that, that we'll, dec- we'll decree a matter and it'll come to pass, right? But if you're, if you're doing it because you discovered <clears throat> a word that you desire to plant and you want that to grow because you, you think you've, you've got the knowledge about it, we're really missing the mark because when man cultivates ground and man depletes the soil, even when you plant seeds and you get what appears to be a good fruit, it's really not very nutritious. That's why you can go in the store and get a tomato and you cut it open and you bite it and it doesn't have any flavor. It's, it's got flesh on it, but there's no nutrients in it. We are nutrient depleted. Well, the, the soil has to have all these different things inside of it in order for it to produce uh, fruit that is that tastes good, that not only tastes good, but it's good for you. And then it supplies everything that your body needs and you wouldn't need supplements, right, if we, if we had that. So I'm going to give you a little bit of information about how I, I learned some things about seed and farming and planting because I'm really not a farmer. My grandfather was, and every day I went into the garden with him and there were certain things we did or didn't do. Um, but there is a man out of, I think he lives in Oregon, he has a video called um, backtoedenfilm.com. And I watched that, and this man, and I may, I may mess it up a little bit, so forgive me if my memory doesn't serve me perfectly. But basically, he moves from California. He was a farmer as a young boy with his dad. They moved to Oregon, and he buys this piece of property, spends all of his money on this property, and discovers that the rain on this particular piece of property is not as good as he thought it was going to be, meaning the amount of inches they get per year. Well, I thought it rained in Oregon everywhere. Like, I thought that was a really, really a state that had a lot of rain but for some reason wherever he was it was not what he thought it was going to be so he was crying out to God asking God you know why'd you do this to me you I'm a farmer you sent me where I don't have enough rain and he's you know murmuring and complaining and the Lord speaks to him and says there's nothing wrong with my forest right there it's growing just fine and he's like yeah and he said and I don't even have anybody to tend it or tell it but it's not having any problem growing and he was like, well, yeah, that's right. How'd you do that? He said, come here and I'll show you. Come into my forest and I'll show you. Long story short, the gist of it is when you cover things in mulch, it changes everything about the soil. It actually makes the soil um, loose and, and, and 
aerated automatically. It has, air, it has enough air in it, it has enough water in it, it has enough nutrients, nitrogen, all the things that are perfect for you to grow seed happens when there is mulch covering the earth. Now the word mulch, when you look it up, means mercy. Wow. So when you're covered in mercy, you have everything that your soil needs. Now listen at the word soil. It's the word oil with an S in front of it. The Bible talks about the Holy Ghost being an oil of gladness, an oil of, more, uh, an oil of gladness, oil of mourning, and oil of joy. And we don't like one of those oils. We like gladness and joy, but we want to really get rid of the oil of mourning because we don't understand what it will produce and we, we have a, a misconception of the word mourning. Can you imagine an evening and no morning? We wouldn't have a complete day. We wouldn't have a night and a day, a light and a dark without morning. We would only have evening. You can't have a positive without a negative. That's right. You've got to have both. A positive and a negative is necessary. So in this time of this man's life, as God is teaching him, I, I, he talks all about all the different ways, but the number one thing I walked away with was everything has to be covered in mulch. Now, there were many different kinds of mulch that could be used. He, God even showed him how to cover things with rocks. And if you cover something with rocks, it will still hold the moisture. Um, but at the same time, if there was too much moisture, it would protect the soil from too much moisture. In other words, it brought a balance. Then if it got too dry, the, the mulch that carried the excess moisture would then begin to release the moisture into the ground so that it, was, it wasn't too dry when it was too dry. And it didn't get too wet when it was too wet. It, the, the mulch brought balance. Mercy brings balance. Mercy is what we need. And God's mercy and God's grace come together. Grace and mercy uh, are, accompany one another. Um, so... When we're looking at seeds and we're looking at the earth, it'll teach us something about ourselves. Now, in a forest, a natural forest, guess how many years it takes to get one inch of natural mulch that man didn't create, but that's just created over time by the way God made the earth? How many years would you guess just for one inch? One inch of mulch? Of mulch, of natural mulch. Ten, ten, seven, ten. That, that sounds pretty good. One hundred. 100 years to get one inch of mulch. Now, the, the, the word 100 means a fullness. It means completion. It means 100%. It means nothing missing, nothing lacking. It's the same word as saved. It's the same word as um, complete, whole, not one missing. Now, the, the number 100 can also be calculated 99 plus 1. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, I'll leave the 99 and go after the 1. So one day the Lord had me look that up because remember, words and seeds are the same thing. And I can give you word after word after word after word, and it's going to produce a lot of seed. But unless that seed die, you're only going to have seeds. You're not going to have the fruit of that seed. So for years, I studied the Word of God and I ate it as seeds. I just stored up my my knowledge base full of seeds. I tell people that's why my head rattles when I shake it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Right? Because I'm full of seed. 
but I didn't have enough fruit in my life. Why wasn't I having this fruit? Well, when you leave the 99, the ninth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is, is Tate. And that every seed has a positive and a negative in it. Every single seed, doesn't matter which kind of seed it is. Words are seeds, so it has a positive and negative. So the word, the letter Tate means the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. So to complete knowledge, in order to have complete knowledge, you have to have both. If you only have knowledge of good, you only have part. If you only have knowledge of evil, you have part. But when you have knowledge of both good and evil, you have a wholeness. You have the fullness. So he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. He leaves the knowledge of good and evil and goes after one. What is the first letter of the alphabet? Aleph. And its number is one. And guess what it means? Unity. It means unity. It's the same word as a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one. So there are two kinds of power manifested in the first letter of the alphabet. It's some, I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce it because I, I, I don't know enough about the Jewish language except for my own personal studies and Google don't talk to me very well so I have to conclude <laughs> some of my own things. But some pronounce it Yod and, 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 I, and Yod. So I'm not really sure, but there are two there are two yods in the letter Aleph, and there's a vav. So what is a yod and what is a vav? A yod is is like a face. It looks sort of like a little trumpet, but it means power and humility. Remember, I told you seeds have positive and negative. So it has power, which is you know like strong and intense and high frequency. And if I was to just put power in your belly, it might light you up. Right? Raw power. That's what it means. It means raw power. It means all power. And then humility is the other side of that coin, if you will. And that's, it, it means to be low. It means the opposite of all that. But the completion of the word yod is power and humility come together. Yes. Like the evening and the morning and it was one day and it was, God said it was good. It actually should read more like this. And there was the evening and the morning to reveal that God is good. There was an evening and a morning to make it known that God is good. So that mankind could observe his goodness. But what happens is that we, once we ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we separate things. Rather than understanding that they're both are present at the same time. And the power of the, of the duality of God's creation is that where they meet. See, where humility and power meet is where the power is. Well, guess what? In the letter Aleph, there's a Vav right in the middle of the Yod, Vav, Yod. What is that Vav? Man. Mankind. It means flesh. It means that which God breathed his life into. So God took mud and he breathed the breath of life into it and the blood became muddy. I mean, the, the, the mud became bloody. He made us out of mud. He breathed himself into it. Where is the life? Life is in the blood. blood. So it became bloody mud. It became mud that holds life. It became mud where life is to come out of. Well, guess what mud is in and of its own nature? It's dense. 
That means it doesn't shine. That means it's so tightly packed that light can't permeate it. So it's dark. It means darkness. That's what it has no light of its own. So God breathed the breath of life into man. That, that union right there was a union of evening and morning. The light and dark. The light and the darkness came, wow. came together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? Right there when he breathed it. But, and what is in the power of the tongue? Life and death yep. are in the blood. Why? Because out of the heart the mouth speaks life or death. But we think death is bad. We don't understand that death is not as you suppose. Because unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it will bring forth fruit. We've been taught to be afraid of these things because we lack knowledge. But that's not even bad in of itself because there's a time for sleep. There's a time for darkness. There's a time to not know. There's a time for mystery. Mystery's not bad. One of the words for wife means a fire, a mystery, hidden. Now that I can believe. <laughs> That's right. A fire, a mystery, That's hidden. True. First of all, if you touch it the wrong way, it will burn you. <laughs> right. Right? And you can't, you don't know how to handle fire. But you sure want to touch it and handle it. But if you learn to respect fire, it can heat your home. It can cook your food. Right. It can transform things. It, you can, it can be used as a creator. And it needs oxygen and something dense. See, wood is dense. Wood means no light of its own. Wood means dark. And what, is, what does the wood need in order to create a fire? Oxygen. There you are again. Denseness and light to create a fire. So the word wife means the place of denseness or darkness or absence or void so that the light, the word, the seed, the life can manifest. It's the same as if a man has all this seed to plant a garden but he has no ground to put it in, what good is his seed? If a man has seed from his body but no wife to plant his seed in, what good is his seed? It, it can't manifest. But we put me at the front of the line. I perceived that darkness was bad. I perceived that darkness was not good. And God said, I, the Lord God, form light and create darkness. I make good and evil I, the Lord God, do all these things. And all things work together. And all good. things work together. So even if there was something against you, it can't prosper. It's not possible for it to prosper. There's only one way that it can prosper in your life. Do you know what it is? If you believe it's against you and it can. Because whatever you believe you shall have. And whatever you, as a man, thinketh so is he. So what happens is we've been in this place of darkness because the Bible says that we love not the truth and God gave us over to a strong delusion. Hmm. That's in Romans chapter 1. It's also in the Old Testament when the man wanted to go up, I forget the name of the king, he wanted to go up and, and see if he, they could take this land. They were going to go to war. And he said, um, 
bring the prophets to see if the Lord will deliver us into their <coughs> hands. And he called Micah. He said, oh, no, don't call him. I, he don't like me. Every time he prophesies, he prophesies against what I want. So don't, don't get Micah. Well, the, the man that was going to hire, I think it was the priest, he, he went and got Micah. And he said, well, that's who the Lord said to get. And he said, okay, well, prophesy. Well, Micah prophesied, no, don't go up. The Lord hasn't delivered you. He said, see, I told you he was against me. <laughs> so then he wanted other prophets. So then it says, the Lord said, whom shall I send to deceive them? I remember in the 80s when I read that, I was like, ooh, that just creeped. Lord, you wouldn't deceive anybody. That, that just can't be right. Well, that's not what it's saying. It's not saying that God desired to deceive the people. What it meant was that they, re they refused the truth so they'll give it, it will give you what you want. If you refuse the truth, he'll give you your lie. For how long? Till you figure out that he wants to give you truth. And when you figure out that your lies won't work. When you figure out that the delusion is a delusion, how do you figure that out? When you do everything over and over and over and over and over and over and you get the same results and you're thinking you have the truth, but guess what? Truth can't fail. Love can't fail. So we must not be walking in truth and love if we keep having failure. But guess what it says in the Old Testament after they came out of the wilderness and they went through the Jordan and then they, they had the battle of Jericho. There was another battle they had to fight. Balak and Balaam. Balak, if I don't have, I might have them backwards because I get the B words backwards. <laughs> right. So if I mess up with that, just give me a little grace or a lot if you need to. But I'll just pretend it was Balak because I think it's Balak. Balak hired Balaam to curse the people of Israel. If you look up the name Balak and Balaam, it means failure and waste. So what happens is we go, we come out of the wilderness of going round and round, round and round. We come out of our own delusion. What is the delusion of the wilderness? That you can do anything by the work of your hands because you know the knowledge of right and wrong. That's the delusion of the wilderness. Just tell us what to do, Moses, and we will do it. The word calf. They were they, proud when they, they did that. All of us are proud. Every one of us have the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and the lust of the flesh. And the way God made the earth, it will deliver you of that. It's made in such a way. The earth is made so good. And God is so good. The earth made to reveal that God is good. That was the purpose of, of all the things he made, was to reveal his goodness. The goodness of God is about to be seen. And the Bible says in the last days that the love of God is what's going to change the world. Not the love of people obeying God to love people. No, it's the love of God shining through people. It's the Aleph. It's the beginning. It's the Yod through the Bob Yod or Yod, however you pronounce it. It's the two manifesting through the two to the fullness of humility on the earth. Because what's going to happen is when we see the love of God, it's going to humble us. We're going to be so humbled and going, oh my gosh, God, I, I always wondered, I, I didn't realize I was vilifying you. I didn't know I was vilifying you. But to think that God somehow was ignorant, indifferent, short-sighted, bound by time, made a mistake. Well, I, have you not asked God, why'd you put that tree in the garden? Why'd you put it there if you knew they were going to eat? Or why'd you make the devil? If you'd have just not made the devil. Oh, these are the questions that go through my mind. Yeah, why'd you do this if you love us? See, that means to vilify God. That means that I don't know God's good yet. 
<coughs> if I'm still questioning his intent, guess what that means I'm questioning? His integrity, his character, his ability, his strength, i.e. his love. God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. That means in the duality. How do I know that's in the duality? The word beginning is the letter B. And even if it's in Hebrew, it's still the second letter of the alphabet. And in the beginning, in the duality, what number is the letter, uh, the letter B? It's the number two. It has two half circles and a line. It means duality. A half circle above and a half circle below. When the two become one, you get a full circle. And if you just twist it a little bit and turn it on side, you get the letter eight. Mm -hmm. So what God is, is, is revealing in the earth right now is mysteries. He's revealing the mystery of the bride. What is the mystery of the bride? Eve was the first bride. Do you know that in the Bible, it doesn't say God created the morning, then the evening? God created the evening and the morning and they were the first day. And it says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the earth was without form and void. And God said, let there be light. Guess where the light manifested? In that darkness. Mm -hmm. Had there not been darkness, the light could not have been manifested. Now, I know that some people are going to take this word and think I'm, she's trying to preach darkness. No, I'm preaching the truth. I'm, I'm saying even the darkness can be light unto thee if you open your eyes and see. Rise and shine, my beloved, for your light has come. Guess what? If she already had light, she could have already seen. But arise and shine, for your light has come. Mint, your light wasn't there before. It's indicative that your light wasn't there before. And the word arise means resurrection. It's the same word as sprout. Resurrect her. Resurrect her, the female, the Eve, the unseen, the darkness, that which has no light of her own, for she can only reflect the light of the sun, i.e. the sun and the moon. When the moon turns to blood he'll, and, when the, and when the sun goes dark, that means when the sun becomes one with the darkness. Not darkness as in devil and all the other stuff you've heard before. I'm talking about the evening and the morning. I'm talking about at 6.30 tonight, the sun will set. That means it looks like it's resting. Mm -hmm. to, if you sat down, you are on your laurels. Laurel means to rest. It's the same word as peace. Do you know the sun doesn't ever set? It's, it stays in one spot. God is the same. What sets is the earth turns. That means the same as repent. It's the same word as to feel. To turn and to feel is the same word. Wait a minute, Andrew. Go back to that word emotion. Yeah, I didn't make it up. I'm just the messenger. Emotion. God moving. I was trained. I don't know about you, but I was trained that emotions are bad. I was trained that they're fickle. I was trained that you can't trust them. I was trained that emotions are what you need to control. Did you know that control and manipulation is as witchcraft? Yep. And if you control your emotion today, you're going to have to control it tomorrow. Have you ever tried to control the wind? You can't. Man can't control wind. And emotions are like the wind. You cannot control them. 
That's like saying I can control the, um, the omnipotent God. I can control motion in and of itself. You can't control motion. God put the earth in motion. And everything is moving in a circular pattern. When I was a little girl, my mother told me that everything is a, is a circle. Everything's a curve. And I said, no, -uh, Mama, a straight line is not a curve. She said, yes, it is. And she took a straw. Oh, yeah. And she made me look down the middle of the straw. She said, can you see the circle now? Mm -hmm. Ooh. She said, on a piece of paper, you only have one dimension. But if you take that line and you were able to pick that line up off of the piece of paper, it would be a circle. Yes. It's just a really long circle called a cylinder. And so words are not flat. Words are dimensional. And words are not just seed. Words are not only seed, but that which is within the seed. And that which, was it, which is within the seed cannot manifest without death or darkness. It can't happen. So the Word of God comes to us as a seed or as a word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We could say it like this. In the beginning, God spoke a seed into existence because a seed and a Word is the same thing. And God put that seed or that breath or that Word in the darkness so that it could manifest flesh. Adam. But he started out with plants. And he said to them what? Be fruitful and multiply, multiply after your own kind. After your own kind. So everything that God created before he created man was to reveal to man that he's good. And he revealed it. How did he reveal his goodness? In duality. In the duality, God created the Aleph and the Bet. That's what it says in the Torah. Well, what is the Aleph and the Bet? The beginning and the completion. Now, in the New Testament, it says Alpha and Omega, but Omega is a Greek word. If you take it back into the Hebrew word, it's going to bring you the word Tav. So why are they di What's important about them? In, in the logical um, language, which is Greek, Greek and logic are hand in hand, and, and Greek logic and Persia are all the same thing. Persia and perception are the same. Um, it means end as in over. But there never is an ending with God. Everything, look at numbers. Numbers start over. Right. They always start over. So there's no such thing as like an end as in, ta-da, done. Mm -mm. No. It's, it's always continuous. It's infinite. It's ever expanding. And so it means Aleph and, and Tav. It means the whole alphabet, the whole sound. And there's 22 sounds. There's 22 letters. Why? Because it's the fullness of the two. What two? Male and female, 11, 11, seen and unseen, 11, 11, light, dark, positive, negative, inside, outside, north, south, east, west. So everything, up, down. Up, down. <laughs> yeah. Dark light. And he started out with dark light, and dark was first. Darkness was first. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and God said, let. And you know, people say, um, why, why are you talking this about darkness? Because if you don't understand it, you'll stay in fear. And perfect love casts out all fear. So one of the things I'm doing is setting you free from being afraid of what? Anything. Because if God is for you, name something that can be against you. Nothing. It's not possible. There's nothing to even to wrestle against. That means peace. 
There remains a promise. Enter thou unto the into the rest of God. That's in, in Hebrews. It's not called a wake up and figure it out land. It's not called called a, a I can do it by the work of my hands land. It's a I surrender all land. It's a, it's a it's a promise yeah. land. Because he promised it. It's like you shall grow. You shall grow, Angela. You shall manifest. You shall mature. You shall you shall manifest as a mature woman and you'll and you'll procreate with me. See, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a mama. And so I played baby dolls, and then I, I played paper dolls, and I played Barbie dolls, and then I babysat, and then I grew up, and I found out where babies come from. I'm like, mm-mm, I ain't having one of them. <laughs> I ain't doing that. That ain't happening. I'm going to be a nun. I'm having none. I always wanted to be a veterinarian when I was a little girl. Yeah, it's like you, your mind can't comprehend that level of understanding yet. Why? That's where we've been as the bride. We just couldn't have this conversation because it's almost like having a sex talk when you're too little. Because we think darkness is icky. Like I thought having babies and where they came from. So I didn't come from there. My son said the same thing. And after he found out the whole thing, he said, well, Mama, are you and Daddy going to have any more babies? And I said, no. He said, good. Then you never have to do that again. <laughs> so I didn't tell him even that truth yet. Why? He wasn't ready. Now, as a grown man, you think he would want to never do that again? I don't think so. <laughs> Right. Right? Yeah, that's true. Because we lack understanding some mm -hmm. things that God has given as a gift and as a form of uni union and procreation and walking as the bride, we've not stepped into because we we beheld it as as a corruptible thing and God calls it an incorruptible glory that we have made a corruptible glory and we've called it a man, a beast, a creeping thing and a four-footed creature. Romans Chapter 1. Hmm. See, the incorruptible glory of God. Now, you, just chew on this a minute. If, it, if it's too big to swallow, just gag and spit it out. I have to chew on everything you say. <laughs> the incorruptible glory of God. What is that? The morning and the, I mean, the evening and the morning. That's the incorruptible glory. The duality is the incorruptible glory. So what is duality? Dark and light. We have made darkness corruptible. It's not what you think it is. The Bible says that God rides on a dark cloud. God said It says in God's Word that He feeds you darkness. Why would God, if He's good, feed you darkness if darkness is bad? It's not. You misunderstand. You think that, that sex is a bad, wicked thing, and, you, and I wanted to be a nun. I want none of that. But now it's time for you to be a bride. It's time for you to have the talk about what happens in the dark. See, what happens in the dark when you put a seed is first division. Well, let's back up a little bit. First, there's heat and water and pressure and you feel trapped. And you feel like there's no way out. Until you feel like if something don't give, God, I just want to die. And God says, unless you die, you can't live. So the acorn says, okay, I give up. Ah! An outside harder shell, which means a form, that carved image falls off. That's the second commandment. Thou shalt make unto thyself no carved image. 
So the carved image falls off. Now all things are possible because you're no longer trying to figure it out. Why? Because darkness can't figure anything out. And your nature is darkness. You're a bride. You're a receiver. You're the place the seed's going to go. And the, and the receiver doesn't make the seed grow. The, the receiver becomes one with the seed and the seed makes it grow with, when, through unity where the two become one. That unity, that power, that's where power is. Power is when positive and negative touch. That's where the two become one. If, you, if you've got a battery... Yeah. And you don't have the you don't have something to connect the two. You're gonna have either a mess or no power at all. You're gonna have an explosion, or you're gonna have nothing. It's got a touch. It's called the in between. The word tween and twin is the same word. It's where darkness and light become one, and so they cleave to one another. It, the human body is called the cleave land. Cleveland just won the World Series of Baseball and they made it home. Six to nothing, is that right? They won the first game, yeah. Six is yeah, the number of men. So let's hope they win the whole thing. Right. Why? That might be a prophetic thing to show that we've actually made it to the Cleveland. That the Word of God is now implanted in us as a bride. What word? All word. Not some word. Not only the word that looks good to us. But all word. We can, do you know that you can hear God in everything at all times? Yes. E- either He's omnipotent or He's not. See, in, t- in times past in my life, I saw God in some things and the devil in others. I saw God in some things and the enemy in others. But now I'm finding God in all things. Because even if it was meant for my evil, God is using it for my good. And I can't be, cannot be cursed. Balak paid Balaam to curse God's people and Balaam came back and said look if you if you give me all your silver and sell all your house and lands and pay me everything how can I curse what God has blessed you can't can't. and God said it was good it's already good God is already good we're not waiting for God to show up and make it good he already made the earth to work God rested do you know he's still resting yes He's waiting for us to enter into that rest with Him. How do you enter into the rest of God? When you see He's good. When you can see that God loves you in all things and all really means all. When you can see that in every seed there's a positive and a negative and you're no longer scared of the negative. You're not scared of the dark. See, when I was a little girl, I was scared of the dark. But I'm not scared of the dark anymore. When I was a little girl, I was scared of getting married because I didn't want to do that thing I heard about. But I'm not scared of that anymore. How would my husband feel if I was scared of that? He'd be like, you don't trust me? I'm not going to hurt you. I don't want to be pierced. What if I said that to my husband? Don't pierce me. Guess what light does to darkness? Pierces it. See, we don't want to be pierced. In In Deuteronomy 28, when it says, I set before you life and death, Choose life. That word life means piercing. I sat before you piercing. And death means vilification. Receive my piercing. If you receive my piercing, goodness and mercy will chase you down and overtake you. But if you vilify me and think I'm against you, that will happen to you. All the vilification will come upon you. Why? Because I made you in my image. And have you thought it and shall it not be? Numbers chapter 23. 
So since you're made in God's image, that's why your thoughts are so important. But if you just simply change your thoughts, you're just putting more seed in your seed bank. You're just going to rattle more. The seed has to go into your heart and die. Yeah, it has to be planted in those dark places where, where, the, where the lies came in. See, the lies came in in the night season, even though there was wheat in your field. And God's not going to pluck the tares out of your wheat field when? Until you, till the wheat's mature. Because if the wheat's not mature, then the tearing the tares out will destroy the wheat. So that's why God's waited to this time and season on the earth. Because it's the time to remove the tares. Why? Because there's enough wheat mature on the earth. There's en- Is the wheat mature in your field? Are you able for God to go in and, and, and have you examine those tares? Are you able to go in and look at those places in your life where you've been torn and you felt like God didn't love you because it was painful? Are you able to go into those places yet and completely surrender, naked, not ashamed, and, and lay completely before the lover of your soul like you would in the natural husband? See, the only way for God to remove the tares is you've got to be naked and not ashamed and empty-handed. Empty-handed means no defenses. That means no justification, no minimization, no rationalization, no excuses. I can't go there because it hurts too bad. See, you said, Angela, I've cried enough. I'm like, honey, you've cried, but you haven't cried yet in, in the sense of where God's wanting to take you. You've cried at, in the sense of thinking, that why didn't God protect me? That's, see, that's a lie. That's the terror that came in when you couldn't see him. That was the night season. But arise and shine, my beloved, for your light's come. Now that your light has come, it's come to do what? To pierce you. It's come to pierce you. It's the same word as the veil that was ripped from top to bottom. It's the same word as hymen. It's the same word as hymnal. It means to be broken. What happens to a woman's body? It's broken in a blood covenant when she's pierced. Now to the man, that don't look scary. See, to God, this don't look scary. But to the female, it's pretty scary. And it's not pleasant in the beginning. Your body trembles and your body bleeds. But once you understand the fullness of piercing, and you understand that it's okay to be vulnerable in your husband's arms, then you begin to look forward to those moments of intimacy. But it's the same way with God. Now, Some people have a hard time with these analogies. I didn't write Ephesians. I didn't didn't make the mystery of husband and wife to unveil the bride and her groom, Christ. I'm just unveiling it to you. Why? Because I've seen it. And I've asked God to give me the vernacular to help you understand what I'm saying so that you can enter in to who you are, which is you are the bride. See, if no one has this talk with a woman, I met a woman one time that no one ever had the talk with her. When she got married, guess what? She wouldn't let her husband touch her. She said, you're not doing that to me. I heard that was dirty. (laughs) Months passed. He got his sister to go talk to this woman and say, didn't anybody ever tell you? You know what she had been told her whole life? That that was dirty. That that's what bad girls do. Don't, let her, don't ever let anybody touch you that way. She got married and nobody ever told her different. She would have never had a child. 
See, if we don't, if somebody doesn't stand up and unveil the mystery of the bride and the mystery of the morning, the evening and the morning, we're not going to manifest as bride. We're still going to be playing house. We're still going to be playing baby dolls. We're still going to be walking around acting like we're nursing a baby, but we're not even, we haven't even budded yet. Why? Because we're still scared of dark. Evening. Listen at the word de-eve-all. Listen at the word re-eve-all. Reveal. Revelation. There is a spirit of revelation. It means to reveal. It means to, 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 to receive your Eve back. To not think that your Eve is bad. Eve is the mother of all. And some people don't like it when I say this, but I didn't write it. I didn't make Eve all. Read Isaiah 45. Eve was called Eve because she's the mother of all. Eve all. See, darkness is the mother of all of us. How do I know? Where, was you, where were you conceived? In sin, my mother conceived me. Do you know what sin means? To miss the mark. What does it mean to miss the mark? To not be able to calculate, to not be able to see, to not be able to understand. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus suffered in every sorrow and piercing and didn't miss the mark of any of them. It means he didn't miss, miss the understanding. Why? Because he was the manifested light and is the manifested light. How did he manifest light? Because he came through Eve who was a negatively charged ion. When she ate from the tree, she couldn't see that it was evil. <clears throat> she only saw dark. Why? Because she was negatively charged. Yes. When you negatively charge, you attract the positive. So she saw the positive. She didn't see the negative. She didn't see they were naked until he ate. And then when he ate, he's positively charged. He, he saw they were naked. Naked means absent. That means he saw the negative. And so we then take that and we make everything positive and negative and we say it's good or, or bad rather than they are one. In every single atom, there's a positive, <coughs> a negative, and a neutral. Yep. And we've been trained you've got to get rid of the negative. You're missing the mark. You're missing the mark. How I, could we be so deceived? It's, it's, we were diseaved. That's the point. When you're diseaved, you've, you've, lost your, you've lost the part of you that is the receiver. Receive her. Hear the word Eve inside and the word her? Listen. I never liked Eve until now. Now I love her. <laughs> She's the mother of all. You think God messed up when he made her? Listen to that when it says, It is not good that man should be alone. <clears throat> People don't like loneliness because they don't comprehend the fullness of the word, all one. It is not good that man should be all one. See, when God created Adam and Eve, they were still one. They were one and they had both positive and negative, male and female, inside of them. They were created in the image of God, male and female, created he them. Then when it says in, the, in Hebrew, it is not good that man should be alone. Here is a translation. If you go look it up yourself. And please don't call me and ask me how I did it. If I figured it out on Google, you can figure it out. Like 9 million people ask me the same question, and I can't, I don't have time to explain, but when you study the Hebrew, I'll give you, give you the gist of it. Every Hebrew word 
has letters. Every letter has pictures, numbers, and there's math in them. And so when I study a word, I don't just study one of those. I study all of it. And one word might be three paragraphs. So if you have one word that's three paragraphs, take this one sentence. It is not good that man should be alone. How long do you think it took me to study that one sentence? Like all day. Yeah. Two or three days, actually. And I wrote everything down that I found. And I said, God, this is so big. What does it mean? And God illuminated it. And this is what it said. And this, this, this is not the only fruit from that seed. But this is a piece of fruit that God gave me from that seed. It is not our most beautiful best that we leave her encamped on the inside of the borders of the city. Let us take her out of him, that she might stand before him as his opposite, as his duality, as his war. That they might manifest, or you could say copulate, that they might become one and multiply. See, in order for something to multiply, what does it have to do? It has to divide. So God divided them so they could multiply and then divided so they could multiply and it just keeps going. Look at, look at in the womb when the, when the ovum and the seed come together. What is the first thing they do after they come together? They divide. And then the division makes multiplication. We think that division is bad. It's not. You know, every time I get divided from somebody that, that is a, a, a friend, a family member, a Christian, a non-Christian, and there's division between us, I begin to say, Father, thank you that you multiply. Thank you that you multiply. Why? Because it might look like division at first. Because it is. But division's not just division by itself. You can't have division without multiplication. So every time I'm divided from somebody, we have friction, we have an argument, we hurt each other's feelings or whatever, I think, yes, we're fixing to add to the body. We're fixing to bring more in. The body's fixing to get bigger. It's getting bigger. How do I know it's getting bigger? By the sheer fact that it's dividing. Just the sheer fact that it's dividing. If I'm the one doing the dividing, I'm going, okay, Father, it hurts that you're using me to divide, but thank you for multiplication. Because that's not the end. It's always for multiplication. It's always for our good. It's never not for our good. If any seed, any promise dies, you know what I say? Hallelujah. It died. If I invite somebody and they don't show up, guess what? I rejoice because I know they're coming back with more next time. Why? Because if the seed died, that was an invitation, right? I spoke the invitation. The seed died. They didn't come. I'm going to have a harvest real soon. So that one person that I invited that couldn't come, they're going to come back with maybe three, four, five, or six. I don't know, but at least two. Why? Because, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth fruit. See, then I can't see that nothing is against, that anything is against me. Because even when it appears to be against me, it's really for me. It's never against me. Why? Because even if Balak paid Balaam all of his silver and all of his gold and sold all of his lands and told waste to curse me, I can't be cursed. Why? Because God has already blessed me. God's already blessed me. Angela, if you'll receive my piercing, Goodness and mercy will chase you down and overtake you. What that means is I could run from blessing and I couldn't, get, I couldn't run fast enough. That's right. That's I can't run fast enough. See, the nature of seed is it's supposed to go into a dark place. See, God put his seed in the earth on purpose <laughs> to do what? To die. Jesus came to die. Why? Because he's seed. Seed came to die. 
so that it could do what? Sprout, reveal, re-eve all. To re-eve us all. What does that mean? When you see what darkness is and you understand that it's not against you, you actually enter into rest. What do you do in the evening? Rest. You rest. Yeah. You rest. Where does a husband want to take his rest? In the arms of his wife. When? In the evening. Where? In her eve part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, does, when does a man mostly want that? In the morning. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it is. When does the sun rise? In the morning, what body part is a replica of sun? <laughs> How funny. Okay, I'm speaking. Like, I'm, people, some people get mad. Just turn the podcast off if you don't like it. I'm okay with that. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> There's a mystery that's being unveiled, that's being revealed, and I'm speaking this mystery as politely as I'm able. So that you can understand that God, when you're in your brokenness, He arises inside of you and brings you revelation. See, in the morning, when my husband wants to be one with me, I think I'm the most ugliest. My hair's messed up. My eyes are swollen. My breath stinks. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me, right? right. No, I, wanted, I, want, I want this moment to happen after I got out of the shower and have my hair combed and have something pretty on. Yeah. Yep. And guess what he wants to do at that moment? Rest. <laughs> he wants to be at rest. He wants to sleep. In. God wants to be at rest in the dark parts of your life. God wants you to know that when you're, it appears dark, it's really just a time for rest. When, it's, when it appears dark, it's just a time for the seed to grow. When it's, it's not the time to plant. That's not when you're planting in your dark moment. No, that's resting. That's going, wait a minute, my seed's breaking open. My seed, the, the heart outer shell spot, my, my concepts and my ideas are falling away and I'm no longer needing a carved image. See, when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which you, by the way, can't do as an act of your will. No. Right. But when that manifests in your life, when that seed comes and dies, and you say, God, I try with all my heart to love you with all my strength, but I just can't. Good, that seed died. Now you can say, Father, will you do it in me? Because I've tried everything for 40 years, going round and round. He says, finally, okay, let's go to the abyss. Let's go to the Jordan. See, Jordan means abyss. And I'll part the waters for you. What are the waters? To see. What do you call the sea? Full of water. An SEA. What kind of water goes over your eyeball? Saline water. What's in the sea? Salt water. And God parted the Red Sea. He also parts the rivers. Where's the rivers? In your belly. That's all that turning that you think is bad. No, God's the eternal all one. That means everything that turns, God is doing it. I'm not turning anything. You're not turning anything. The devil's not turning anything. Satan's not turning anything. God is the eternal all one. But I used to blame that feeling in my stomach when I said my stomach turned. I thought that meant something bad was happening. I didn't know that God was turning me around. I didn't know that God was turning me out of darkness and into light. Why? Because you have to have both. Do you know if you have only dark, you cannot see? And if you have only light, you cannot see? You must have both. 
So to understand what evening is, to understand what negative is, to understand what division is, to understand what death is, to understand what dying is of a seed only produces joy. That's how you count it all joy. You don't count it all joy because you choose to. Well, when you're, when you're depressed, just count it all joy. You know what that's called? Lying. The way I thought it meant. I'm like, I'm just supposed to fake it till I make it? I'm fake joying? <laughs> no, that's a lie. I'm faking it. I've been going through that recently. Yeah, so I, I used to just put on praise music and different things, and it got me through for a season. But I stayed stuck in that for forever. That was my way of management. I managed my stress. I managed my doubt. I managed my fear through prayer, praying in tongues, listening to worship and praise music, and, and, and focusing on God. That's how I managed fear, but I was never delivered of it. I was managing it. Listen to the first part of manage, man, age. I was living in the, in the age of man, manage. I like manage on my sandwich, but I'm tired of managing things. I want to enter in to all truth. Why? Because truth does what I can't do. You know, truth don't have to manage anything. Truth just makes you free. Yes. It makes you totally free. So now I'm free even if I'm in a dark moment where I can't see things, even if my stomach's turning. I don't need to go get rescued. Why? Because my perception now is with his eyes. I understand division. I know that it's being multiplied. I understand death is, is a harvest. <clears throat> I understand things differently. So when I see them differently, does that mean it don't hurt? No, it hurts. I still cry. I cry almost every day. But I also rejoice every day. I rejoice every single day. And do you know that the, any sorrow that I have in, in my day doesn't rob me of the joy that I have? I can have joy, mourning, and gladness all in the same day. I can have all those oils in my lamp all the time. Because the only way I can have a morning is if there was an evening. And the two are one. It's called a day. The evening and the morning was the first day. And God said, by this duality, they will see that I am good. They'll see that I'm good. But you guys, we really haven't seen that if we're still afraid of anything. We're, our eyes are being opened. But truth is what opens our eyes, not ourselves. It comes by revealing, revelation to be re-eved. When you're re-eved all, when you have your Eve back, what does that look like? Father, my knowledge is not trustworthy. And you said I could trust you with all my heart. So, Father, I want to trust you with all my heart. I don't want to lean into my own knowledge and understanding of good and evil because every time I do, it messes me up. But I'd like to acknowledge you in all of my heart, in all of my emotions, in every experience that I have. I'm going to find you in it. Even if it looks like dark, I'm going to find you in it. Because there's only treasures there. And you'll direct my path. Y'all, that is the way. And when you step in that, what did Jesus do? He first suffered, and then he reigned. 
suffered and then reigned. And he said, whatever you saw me do, you do and teach others to do. People say, Angela, I've already suffered enough. You probably, Angela, I've suffered enough. And I'm going to say, honey, you suffered in, in running. You ran, you were suffering. But see, suffering's the same way as goodness. It'll overtake you. You can't outrun it. But once you step into what I'm talking That's about. so many people are medicating. There you wouldn't believe the number of people that are medicated. And then, what, let me tell you what medication does to your, to your brain. I'll help you out a little bit. Your hypothalamus is created uh, like a little heart, and it pumps, and it's, it's, it works like a muscle. So if you don't use that muscle, it will atrophy. And that's the muscle that handles all of your endocrinology. Well, your endocrinology and your belief system is the same thing. So if you believe that emotions are bad, some are good and some are bad, then you're going to cling to some and abhor others. Well, when you do, that means you're, you're not, it's like, that's like hopping around on one, one foot all the time. Well, I don't want to hop around on one foot. I would like to use both of my legs. I'd like to jump and dance and twirl, and sometimes I don't want to use them at all. <coughs> but if I only pick some emotions, then what happens is I only have, let's just say I only pick the happy emotions. That's like only having light in your eyes. You can't see. And what is it that you can't see? You can't see God's love. So if I only have depression and negativity, then I have only darkness. I still can't see. I need a balance of the two. And how do we have that? Mercy. We, when we understand that God is merciful and God is loving and God is good and God is powerful, but He's also humble. Look at Jesus, how humble and meek He was and is. He was all power and all humility meshed into one in a human body. He was Aleph. And that's the only way your ministry will work. That's the only way you can go forward that's it. is the power. That's right. Power and humility. Power and humility. And, and all power is love. Love. God is love and God is all power. And if you, if you think about any emotion that you have, it, it all comes out of love, the knowledge of love, or the, or the misconception of what love is. So when we don't understand that God is good and that everything that God created is good, then we will see that God is good and bad. Yeah. And, we will, and we won't say that because we wouldn't want to say that. Because that's, that's right. But, what, but you still will have the question, God, why? Why did you let this happen to me? Why did you put the tree there? Why did you create the devil? God, when are you going to stop all this bad stuff from happening? God, when are you going to deliver us? What we don't understand is the nature of the way the earth is made. God created it in such a way that truth will manifest. And he says, after you've had enough dry dust, I, I made you bloody dust. But you're going to run from the blood because blood's going to look icky. You're not going to want to touch it. You're going to, the blood belongs to me. The dust belongs to you. That means light is me and you are darkness. And when we become one, we have life. But if you, if you only rely on the dust which is dense, you won't have any light. You'll, you'll crawl on your belly and you'll measure things with your scales. Right and wrong, right and wrong, right and wrong. And as you crawl on your belly with your scales, you'll get tired of eating dust. What does that? A snake. And you'll, get, you'll eat dust until you're done. Then you'll return to dust. Well, that scripture doesn't mean dust. and It means bloody mud. It says, from bloody mud you came, and after you've eaten your dust long enough, you've eaten from your own understanding long enough, then you'll return to bloody mud. You'll return to dark and light coming together. So let's, let's so, end this podcast here, and we'll do some Q&A. 
And um, hey, you guys on podcast, you can follow me on on my www.angelaberton.com. You can um, send me emails there. You can donate there. You can buy my books there, and you can tell other people about it. You can follow me on podcast and on iTunes. Thanks. <laughs>